0: sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits, and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very, very first edition of the Pro-Life America podcast. And as you heard, this is Mark Crutcher, and I'm here with my comical sidekick, Sarah Waits.
1: Hello. I'm going to try and be comical, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it it well, may just nobody's... be corny, because that's what my jokes kind of caught on.
0: Corny seems to be your strong suit anyway, so we'll just...
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm having way too much fun with the soundboard over here. In case you can't tell, I really do love horny jokes. Right. But all joking aside, we have been really excited about this podcast. And something happened last week that we really wanted to talk about.
0: I would like to have talked about it when it happened, but we weren't doing the podcast yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. We weren't ready to go yet. We weren't ready to shoot an episode. So even though this may be considered by some as old news, we still wanted to go ahead and go over it. And, of course, the it we're talking about is the infamous or what will be considered infamous stunt by Chuck Schumer and his um, speech at a rally on the steps of the Supreme Court building. He had the audacity to, to say
0: this. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Now, Of course, they're talking about decisions on abortion.
1: Yeah, this is in regards to the Louisiana law. Right.
0: Now, you've heard me say this a thousand times in the past, uh, Sarah. I've been saying this since before you were born, actually. The issue here for these people is abortion. That's all they care about.
1: Yeah, when Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh right. hearings were coming out, you were saying this is not about anything that he's done towards women. The real motivation behind all of this was about abortion.
0: Yeah, if and Kavanaugh or Gorsuch, either one of them, had come out and said that they had changed their mind and they were supported Roe versus Wade, all opposition to them would have evaporated. Yeah. But the other thing I've been saying all this time was that the closer we get to victory, the more violent the other side will become.
1: And that's not just happening in the pro-life front. That's happening in the conservative front as well. Trump Absolutely. has really shook things up and it shook the establishment. Yeah. And they're freaking out. And so you're seeing a lot of examples of that.
0: We're seeing a lot of it. I'm not trying to scare anybody off the pond here, but let's just recognize what kind of people we're going up against. Remember, these are people who will kill babies for their own political agenda.
1: That's the key thing to remember right there.
0: And once you cross over that Rubicon, there's nothing you won't do.
1: Everything else is kind of vanilla. And I want to point out too, that as far as I have seen None of the Democratic hierarchy has called him out for his statements. No. Have you seen anything? No. I haven't seen anything. He's threatening, he's
0: threatening sitting members of the United States Supreme Court.
1: And his his apology was a joke. Okay, he says, I'm from Brooklyn. We speak in strong language. Okay, first off, there's strong language, and then there's...
0: Well, I'll guarantee you this. If Trump had said it about one of the uh, justices on the Supreme Court who's a pro oh, yeah. them, any oh, of yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Um, if someone
1: said this about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it doesn't yeah. matter if it was the guy on your local street corner or if it was Trump. If someone said this about the notorious RBGs, they call them, yeah, they'd be in jail.
0: And and right now, if Trump had said the exact same things, I guarantee you, they'd be they'd be scheduling the new hearings right now to uh, throw him out. But the main thing is, he said, "Look, I was just. This is just political rhetoric. I wasn't threatening them."
1: Yeah, he he called it a gross distortion. Right,
0: he's lying through his teeth. He knows good and well that you can't threaten the Supreme Court politically because they don't run for political office. They're appointed for life.
1: If that was the case, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be out by now because she's got so many health problems.
0: You know, for him to sit there and say, oh, I was just talking politically, he's lying through his teeth. Yeah. And his co-liar there who defended him never said anything to uh, criticize him, Nancy Pelosi. She keeps on talking about being a good Catholic and in good stead with the Catholic Church because she can take communion and uh, do all these things we need to understand something nancy pelosi is not a catholic she is an excommunicated catholic now she would bristle at this and holler and scream about it but the fact is go study it about how a catholic becomes excommunicated and one of the ways is that they can excommunicate themselves and pope benedict even talked about that as it regards the abortion issue when a politician supports legalized abortion The church does not have to declare them excommunicated. They are excommunicated. So we need to start referring to her instead of saying this is the Catholic Speaker of the House. This is the excommunicated Catholic. Let's make sure people understand that. And I'm not Catholic either. I'm not trying to defend the Catholic Church. No, I'm just saying I may not be Catholic, but I know one when I see one, and she ain't it.
1: Well, and I think this applies for all Christians too. It's one thing to say, "Oh, I'm a Christian." It's another thing to actually walk the, walk the walk and talk the talk. What's the point of having quote quote, Christian beliefs or Christian standards if that doesn't matter anymore?
0: Yep. Yeah. Remember too, in the Catholic Church, having an abortion is automatic excommunication. If you physically go in, you're a Catholic, you go in and have an abortion, you're automatically excommunicated. How can a politician who makes that possible not also be excommunicated? And the answer is. They can't. If they participate in an abortion, as Pope Benedict said, they have excommunicated themselves, and it does not require a declaration from the Catholic Church to be true. She is an excommunicated Catholic, whether she likes to hear that or not.
1: I want to go back for a second, Mark, and talk about the rhetoric of the other side, because it has a lot to do with closer we get to winning, the more violent they become. If you're online, you tend to see this a bit more, but we've been seeing cases where the left has been making comments that appeared to condone violence against people that they disagree with, which is often people on the right, and sometimes even independents or more moderates. Sometimes it's carefully phrased as a joke. Do you ever watch SNL? Do you watch SNL anymore?
0: I did back in the early days. I watched the very first one.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Does that help you anyhow? <laughs> I can't even imagine the, the first the SNL. First Saturday SNL. Night Live, by yeah, the way. Yeah. For- um, Well, I watch periodically. John Mulaney is a comedian, and he hosted last weekend's Saturday Night Live. And, you know, in the opening bit, they have their little Mm -hmm. stand-up deal. And so this is what he said. This is one of his jokes. I want you to listen to this and tell me what you
0: think. It is a leap year, as I said. Leap year began in the year 45 B.C. under Julius Caesar. This is true. He started the leap year in order to correct the calendar, and we still do it to this day. Another thing that happened under Julius Caesar was uh, uh, he was such a powerful maniac that all the senators grabbed knives and they stabbed him to death. (laughs) That'd be an interesting thing if we brought that back now. I asked my lawyer if I could make that joke, and he said, let me call another lawyer, and that lawyer said yes. (laughs)
1: So joking about killing people that we disagree with or don't don't like is now considered funny.
0: Well, the, see that's you asked me if I watch Saturday night live. The problem is I've tried to watch it a few times, but I keep comparing it to the early days when John Bellucci was on there and Steve Martin and those people. This this crowd that's up there today is not funny.
1: I know what you mean. To me, SNL is pretty inconsistent. I think a lot of it has to do with who their host is that week. But the reason why I mention this is because it is just another prime example of what we're talking about, and it happened just recently. A few years ago, Eric Holder said, When they go low, we kick them. When Trump was elected, um, Orange is the New Black actress and comedian, Leah Delaria, now I know you don't know who she is or anything about the show, but after Trump was elected, she tweeted in response to another tweet, Or pick up a baseball bat and take out every effing Republican and Independent I see. And of course, she didn't use effing; she used the right. whole word. And then she finished off the tweet with a whole bunch of hashtags that included the f word, just for good measure. This is the rhetoric of the left now—the quote, quote tolerant left.
0: Right. I've said this for forty years now. The closer we get to winning, the more violent they're going to become, and we're seeing evidence of this every day.
1: Something interesting that happened when Buttigieg was at the end of his Democrat, you know, run for presidency—he had, I guess, it was a town hall, and there was a pro-life Democrat there. And she asked this question. I want you to listen to this. I am a proud pro-life Democrat. So do you want the support of pro-life Democrats, pro-life Democratic voters? There are about 21 million of us. And if so, would you support more moderate platform language in the Democratic Party to ensure that the party of diversity and inclusion really does include everybody? Good
0: <laughs> well,
1: I respect where you're coming from, and I hope to earn your vote but I'm not going to try to earn your vote by tricking you. Uh, I am pro-choice, and I believe that a woman ought to be able to make that decision. (laughs) But I know that the difference of opinion that you and I have is one that we have come by honestly. And the best that I can offer, and it may win your vote, and if not, I understand. The best I can offer is that if we can't agree on where to draw the line, the next best thing we can do is agree on who should draw the line. And in my view, it's the woman who's faced with that decision in her own life. So basically she asked the question, is there a place for pro-life Democrats in the party? And he said no. And he said no. He did a really right. fancy answer that didn't answer it, which is exactly the point. Yep. I think this reinforces the idea of something you talked about in your book, Siege. Our alliance is to the unborn, not a political party. Yep,
0: that's and
1: right. that's really, really important. And if we're not serious about protecting the unborn, then we might as well go home.
0: All right. Well, you know, we talked about in our little tease the other day for this new podcast, yeah. some problems that we have in the pro-life movement. And in shows starting with our next show, we're going to start laying some of those out because we do have some pretty endemic problems in the pro-life movement that we've got to solve if we hope to win this thing. And some of it relates to that very issue.
1: But if you don't recognize that the unborn are living human beings who are entitled to basic constitutional rights and legal protections under the law, I mean... You're
0: wasting your time.
1: Well, yeah. How am I going to vote for you if you can't you know, get behind that? Right. And you said in Siege, and this was a really, really good quote, the time has come for us to understand that even the noblest rhetoric is no help for the unborn child whose skull is locked in the abortionist forceps. That will only stop when we demand that pro-life votes must be earned through pro-life actions. And then you also go on at one point to say, if we intend to be more than a paper tiger on the American political landscape, that is the standard we have to demand of our politicians. That's right.
0: And we're going to be talking about those sort of things here in coming shows. And uh, we've got to get these problems solved. The pro-life movement has lost focus. Over the years, we've kind of drifted off. And I understand why. Why? But it happened so slowly, we didn't recognize what was happening, and now it's upon us. We've got to solve it. But one of the things I want to talk about before we leave today...
1: Oh, one go thing ahead. we needed to say, too, is if you haven't read Siege, you need to go oh, yeah, go right, read it. Right. And uh, it's on our lifedynamics.com website under the product section. And because we love you guys so much for listening to this podcast... If you go to the special link in the description, you will save $2 on your copy of Siege. Now, this is just for you guys who listen to the podcast.
0: Good. That's great. You know, some time ago, I started noticing a problem that was um, kind of across the pro-life movement in, in general, which was a lot of our people were kind of discouraged. They look here and they say, dang, we've been at this almost 50 years And abortion is still legal, just like it was the day we started. Yeah. And they kind of become discouraged by that. And I've had people say to me, do you really think we've made any progress? Or can we possibly win this thing?
1: Well, it's understandable. Even I sometimes sit here thinking, can we? Yeah,
0: yeah. It
1: seems daunting.
0: We're trying to hold back the ocean with a broom. Yeah. And I just want people to understand a couple of things. The first industrialized nation on earth to legalize abortion was the Soviet Union.
1: No surprise there.
0: No surprise they legalized abortion, but not only did they legalize abortion, they outlawed any opposition to abortion. So you could not come out and challenge the Soviet government on their abortion position. You couldn't protest. You, you had no way to oppose abortion. When the Soviet Union broke up, some people started doing some research into some of the massive health problems they were having, especially among women in the Soviet Union. But one of the things they found out was that during the time of the Soviet Union, the average Soviet woman, this was the average, had nine abortions during her childbearing years. Can there you were, imagine?
1: Nine abortions.
0: There were places in the Soviet Union where it was not uncommon for women to have 20 or 25 abortions. 25. Um 60% of all first pregnancies, I'm sorry, 90% of all first pregnancies were aborted, and 60% of all second pregnancies were aborted. Some of them illegally, even though abortion was perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. This was causing massive health problems for the population. Oh, yeah. It had also morally numbed the population as well. And this is what happens when you have a country in which you do not have opposition to abortion. If the abortion industry is allowed to just run rampant, this is what happens. Now, let me contrast that to the United States. In 1993, there were 2,126 freestanding abortion clinics in the United States. They were doing 1.7 million abortions a year. They were making money hand over fist. The rate of abortion was growing.
1: Yeah,
0: Polling was showing about a 70% support for the pro-choice position. This is in 93.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was in the pro-life movement then. I can tell you, it was those were dark days.
1: I was not in it. I was in elementary school.
0: Yes, I know. you. <laughs> you were a pup. <laughs> but anyway... I had no
1: idea what my life had before me. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: But those were grim times. Yeah. And as a practical matter, we had no chance of winning in 1993.
1: You showed me that video, and I can't remember the name of it, um, but it talks about the early days of like yeah. the Operation Rescue movement and right. the early pro life movement and just the things that were happening and the way. If I mean you care about how women are treated or police brutality, right. the stuff that was happening there was absolutely disgusting.
0: Yes. It you was. talked about
1: one woman being dragged by a police officer by her bra and her breast exposed to male inmates.
0: Yeah, it was pretty grim. It's awful. T- today we've gone from that twenty one hundred and twenty six freestanding abortion clinics to today, there's about five hundred. Three-fourths of the abortion clinics have shut down permanently.
1: And a lot of them are hanging on by a thread. Uh,
0: Just hanging on by a thread. You see Um, Planned Parenthood is
1: merging clinics together.
0: Most of them are not all that profitable. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are having pretty powerful economic problems.
1: Which is one reason why they fight against those uh, clinic regulations. Any kind of regulations. Asking for, you know, standard things like hallways that are wide enough for a gurney.
0: Right, right. It's
1: because of money. It all comes down to money.
0: It always comes down to money. And polls are showing that the American people now favor the pro-life position more than the pro-choice position, not by much, but we've slightly pulled ahead during that time. Most importantly, from 1993 to 2020 today, the abortion rate went from 1.7 million a year to about 600,000 a year. Now, 600,000 babies a year being butchered legally is a national disgrace. Yeah. But compare it to 1.7 million. Oh, yeah. When we were doing 1.7 million abortions a year, that was in a population that's much smaller than our population is today, about 20% smaller. So the percentage of abortions to population was even bigger than what what we see by those numbers. But the bottom line is, if we've gone from 1.7 million to about 600,000, that means this country is killing about 2,000 to 2,500 fewer babies per day Mm -hmm. than we were 30 years ago per day the point here is yeah we haven't won yet and we've still got a long way to go and we've got to solve some of these problems are going to be talking about on on subsequent shows but had it not been for the pro-life movement And I'm not talking about just life dynamics. I'm talking about the entire pro-life movement. Even some of these people that are in it that I've disagreed with over the years about tactics or strategies or staking out positions on stuff. There's a lot of people in the pro-life movement that I've had problems with.
1: Yeah. That's human nature, isn't it? Infighting
0: in the pro-life movement has never been You and I
1: have had disagreements.
0: Yeah, you've been wrong a lot of times.
1: And you've been wrong. I've
0: never been wrong. (laughs) Oh, come
1: on now. Pinocchio, your nose is growing. uh,
0: No, it's not. But anyway, the fact is that for all the pro-life movement's warts, and there are warts in the pro-life movement, they have saved millions, literally millions of babies had it not been for the pro-life movement. If you go back to 1993, when Janet Reno and Bill Clinton were openly and actively saying that they were trying to wipe out the pro-life movement, yeah, had they been successful and it had ended then, we would not now today be standing on the graves of 60 million babies. We'd be standing on the graves of 150 million babies or 200 million or Lord knows how many because the abortion rate would not have gone from 1.7 million to 600,000. It would have gone from 1.7 million to 5 million or just name a number. Oh, yeah. And we know this because of what happened in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. That was the model. That was the prototype for what happens in a country where you legalize abortion but you criminalize any opposition to it, you have no opposition to abortion, then it runs rampant. You look at the pro-aborts in this country. If you don't think that they wouldn't have increased the abortion rate exponentially, yeah. then you're not paying attention. That's where we would be. So what I'm trying to say to the to my friends in the, in the pro-life movement is, and even people that might not be my friends, don't become so discouraged and think that you've accomplished nothing because... Jesus would have died for every baby that was not killed today.
1: Yeah,
0: Every one of those 2,500 babies or so, Jesus would have died for.
1: Every single life is important. So
0: how important are those lives to him? Mm -hmm. If we're sitting here killing fewer babies by 2,000 to 2,500 a day, don't sit here and think that you haven't accomplished anything because without you, that would not have happened. That's a fact. And so, yeah, we're going to move forward. We're going to try to outline some of these problems that we have in the pro-life movement because we now have a chance of winning, which we didn't have in 1993. We now have a chance of winning.
1: And that is why the other side is so scared.
0: And that's why they're getting more violent, like some of the things we've talked about here today. Well, anyway, that's pretty much what we have for this week's show. And starting next week, we're going to start delving into some of these areas where we've got problems to solve, so the shows won't be quite as upbeat, up-tempo as this one maybe. But it'll be very We're we'll trying not to be
1: all chicken little the sky is no, falling.
0: The sky isn't falling. We just got some <laughs> issues we gotta solve. So anyway, that's pretty much all I have. You got anything else?
1: Uh, just if you liked the second part where we're talking about how it's not all gloom and doom, uh, you should check out our little Diddy here that we I'm gonna call it a Diddy. Diddy. Diddy, you know? Diddy. Diddy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> My grandmother gave up on Diddy. <laughs> In about 1890.
1: Go ahead. (laughs) So we have a tract here called The Pact, A Letter to the Pro-Life Movement. And some of this information that we talked about today is in here as well as some other things. It's really good. People are really loving it. You can get a free digital copy if you go to lifedynamics.com forward slash the dash pact, lifedynamics.com forward slash the dash pact. And also, if you like a printed version, you can get them for 75 cents a piece. I really recommend that you guys check it out, at least the digital version.
0: I've been amazed at the popularity of this thing. We put it out, and
1: I know I didn't even think people read tracks anymore because I'm a millennial, but
0: it's yeah, and we put this out. And it basically talks about the things I was talking about a minute ago about what we've accomplished and not feeling down on ourselves. And I call it the George Bailey syndrome. You remember George Bailey? It's
1: a wonderful life. Yeah, he's standing there on the bridge.
0: He's fixing to jump in because he thinks his life is counted for nothing. Yeah. Until Clarence comes along and shows him all the things that he had done.
1: Yeah. And
0: all the lives he had affected. And I've often said that the people in the pro-life movement are like George Bailey. They, they have no idea. Most right. of us,
1: unless you're helping some people not abort their child, you know, and you're working with women in crisis pregnancy situations and you can see the baby grow up. You most, don't know. Most of us don't know the impact that we have.
0: So we put out this little piece and uh, we had a CPC the other day call and order 800 of them to give out at their wow. banquet. So I do want to encourage people to read that. I think they'll find it very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, is that it?
1: That's all I have, which I'm, I'm sure you're glad.
0: <laughs> I'm all right. Anyway, we will see you then. Same see ba- you
1: next Thursday.
0: Same bat time, same bat station, right?
1: Bat time, bat station. Yeah. yeah. That's Are it. we going to have a bat signal in the yeah, sky?
0: Right. Yeah, right. I guess so. Anyway, we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week, everyone.